name's Woody, aka Creston Woods, um, and today with me we have one of my good friends over at Peak Nutrition. Um, I get in there and I, uh, I always go pick up my supplements, and these guys always take care of me. And uh, this guy, we've had some podcast-like conversations, <laughs> um, and so I really wanted to bring him on here. He's a former U.S. Marine. Um, he's he works at Peak Nutrition. He's an aspiring bodybuilder, and he has one of the most positive outlooks on life that I've met in recent days. And so, um, and I want to get into how he's come into that mindset a little bit. But um, yeah, Cade, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's just get into it. Uh, first and foremost, former U.S. Marine. Let's talk about that and how that's like impacted your life trajectory and like how that affected you. Well, like what made you get into that? So I had always wanted to be in the military. It was always something like I thought about when I was younger. Um, just never really had the courage to take that leap. Um, and so I kind of went on the traditional path where I I was going to college. I, I did really well in high school, played sports throughout high school, and then I went to college. And, you know, as I, I got to college, um, that my parents were always heli helicopter parents. And so I got there. I got that taste of freedom. And I kind of ran with it a little too much. Um, and so we all let loose a little bit. I mean, we have our phases. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was definitely a phase where I kind of like looked myself in the mirror one day. This was my, uh, the first semester of my sophomore year of college. And I was just doing uh, a lot more partying than necessarily school. And so it just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, Hey, I need to get out of this environment. And you know, I was like, Hey, I'd always, I'd always thought about join the military and so I kind of just like it was like plan B that was a backup plan like if, if this doesn't work out I'm going to the military <laughs> yeah and and honestly like it was it was what I needed and I just kind of I didn't really give it as much thought because it's like you look back and it's like wow that's a four-year commitment it's, it's really like a life-changing decision yeah that's not nothing not you take lightly but you're just like uh military no it it really seemed like in a matter of like a week it was like hey I'm thinking about doing this and then it was like okay go talk to a recruiter and then I had a date that I was getting shipped out, and so it was like. And how was very the deal with Did he sell you real quick? Like, was it easy? Like um, for him, <laughs> like you were kind of I mean, ready to go. Yeah, I. It wasn't like he. I really required to be sold. I was. I needed it more than he. Like they needed me. Like I needed to get out of there. I needed that change. Did and, you know? Your, did you do your research and like know what you wanted to get into when you got into the military? Like, so you picked a marine, right? Mm -hmm. And so was that a choice? Like, why did you choose that? Because it just sounded like the coolest thing out of all of them, or like no. in my mind, it is like you know the exactly. pinnacle. Like you're like a a marine, right? Exactly, you know? and that definitely played a part in it. Um, the title, like when I after I got, because my plan was only to do four years, and but like that marine, it held the most weight to me. Like when you say like, oh, he's a marine, rather than like the army, and no, no hate to yeah, any no. military yeah, service at all. Yeah, thank but, you all for your service. Yes, absolutely, but. Marine just definitely like it kind of stood out amongst the rest. Um, not to say that the Air Force isn't great because I would have loved to join the Air Force, but I'm colorblind. And so, oh, so that just wouldn't work yeah, out. They, yeah, they wouldn't let you in a plane. <laughs> they, they wiped that out real quick. And then I wasn't really concerned. I didn't really want to be in the Navy. Um, that just wasn't my type of deal. And so it was like really between the Army and the Marine Corps. And then, like I said, Marine just was like the pinnacle for me. And I would, even though like I, so I, did the ASVAB, which if you don't, aren't familiar with, that's the uh, like the entry test that you do to kind of see where you score, and like that will kind of dictate what position that you have in the military. Um, but I scored 
pretty pretty high on that. Uh, it's out of 99. I got a 94, I believe. Oh hell yeah! Um, and so my options were pretty much like, hey, what pick the litter. Yeah, but again, the color blindness played a factor. Um, yeah. And I ultimately ended up going infantry because like you think Marine Corps, you think infantry, and that's just like I wanted to be a grunt. And so yeah. I, I just kind of wanted to be in Call of Duty. Like you wanted to be the guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And so I uh, I ended up doing the infantry, and like I freaking loved it. I look back, and I feel like for a lot of guys, like while you're in, like it's always complaining, and because it's hard. But it's how you look at it. Oh, absolutely. Perspective. It's all life is all about perspective, and I look back, and I have nothing but like positive memories and laughs like on all the misery and it's just yeah, and obviously you're not like it's not like i want to go back there like no. but <laughs> yeah, yeah no. no 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 but you have like like you you remember the good stuff like why you did it and like you know what the good stuff rubbed off oh 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah and so like coming off of that like what what like you know habits and lifestyle changes did that like bring to you and like what'd you learn over there well, like I mentioned, college, like, discipline and structure kind of – no, not kind of, but it fell by the wayside. <laughs> All out the window. Yeah. And as soon as you had the freedom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you you don't really have a choice when you when you get in the military and you kind of – you stand on the, the yellow footprints. Yeah, and I played college sports, so I didn't like – like, that structure stayed. Like, I think mm-hmm. that helped uh, when I got to college that I had a team to fall on. Or, yeah. like, like, like a lot of people join frats or a lot of people do like that. And then, like, if you're not in a part like that and you just party and, like, yeah, I don't know, uh, the structure kind of falls. Exactly. Yeah. And I did the, I did the fr- frat did the frat? thing oh, in college. Nice. But, again, that really – it, it <laughs> Some frats might be even party time, though. Like, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. Exactly. And that's what it was for me. Um, and so – Getting into the military, like one, the camaraderie and that, like brotherhood. the brotherhood, yeah. it's it really cannot be like it can't be replicated anywhere else. Like you have to die for your buddy. Like that's exactly. like, it's not like yeah. Again, on the field, you, you yeah. lay out for your guy. Like he's like, thanks, man, you saved a run, but like you saved my life. Like that's different. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is an incredible experience, and so like the structure, the discipline, like honestly, and just like being grateful for things that you really take for granted is like one of the biggest impacts that it had because when you're overseas and like when you're on a deployment and like you're not given the the simple luxuries that you have every day and here in the united states you know it's like it really it really like has a lasting impact on you because then when you get back and you're able to have a nice shower or like some good food to eat it's like wow i appreciate you don't really understand how good you have it oh yeah especially in this country (laughs) oh yeah. yeah We do. Yeah, definitely. And so the Marines happened and then you got out, right? Yeah. So now what is life? So life is now peak, peak nutrition. I know you had Tristan on here who's the coach over at the location that I work at in Tempe. Who's yeah. Tristan's the man. He's phenomenal. Um, I could not really have asked for a better man to work under and learn under. Um, he's just an incredible, incredible human being. And I'm, oh, yeah. And it's who you surround yourself with. And like, if you're surrounded by people like, you know, like that, yeah, go back and listen to the podcast with Tristan. Cause it was, I mean, phenomenal. That guy's an animal. <laughs> he, he is. <laughs> One of the strongest guys I've met. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a walking <laughs> beefcake. He looks, he looks like he likes to run through brick walls for fun. That's what we like to say. Um, but I got out early this year. Um, I actually, 
So my EAS date was in March, but I got I had some leave days, so I got out a little bit earlier, but I was still getting paid throughout the entire time. So it was nice. I just kind of got to decompress and kind of like I moved. I was born and raised here, so I moved back and was able to spend some time with family and just kind of get back in the groove of being a civilian. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up working for one of my buddy's companies that or he worked at, and it was like cold calling, and I just it. did it, not – yeah, I hated it. You, um, you're probably a person that, you know, wants some purpose behind what they're doing. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah. I took this from Andy Frisilla. It's like if you don't – like the three keys to happiness is having a purpose, having discipline, and then gratitude. And if you can master those three things, like your life will be exponentially better. Um, 100%. Yeah. And so kind of segueing off of that, like the gratitude was something that prior to the my service, like – I just didn't really have. Um, I, you weren't I, grateful for it. You, you just kind of took it for granted. No. Like you had this great path and your parents set you up like, you know, phenomenally. You got to college. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I really just kind of like, you know, the entitlement and it just, I think that really was a big contributor into my unhappiness, at least for, you know, a brief period of time. And so getting out and I kind of had this. you felt like, like you deserved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And no one is... You don't deserve anything. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. It, life just happens. Like, <laughs> it's not fair. Like, it's nope. definitely not going to be the, an easy road for everybody. And you shouldn't, and you shouldn't want easy. Because, like, when you have to push, push through and persevere, like, that's what makes that reward that much sweeter. <laughs> um, and when you just get handed something, like, it just doesn't, like, have as much value. People always want these like this pill to de-stress them or this thing to de-stress them. But the only thing that de-stresses you really is leaning into stress, right? And so like either oh, yeah. taking care of whatever anxiety you have, um, whatever physical pain you have, guess what? You got to go work out to make that physical pain go away or like work on your mobility or get some blood flow to that area, circulate. Mm -hmm. But like it's all stress, right? And stress, <laughs> people run away from it like it's this evil thing. But it's, you know, it, you have to lean in. Absolutely. And you, I mean kind of going into stress it's like that's the biggest thing like the military it's stressful and you look at guys that have only been in like you know 10 15 years and i look at these officers that are like you know they're mid 30s to like early 40s and they're like gray because of all the stress and how like it just accelerates that aging process like people really do not put enough emphasis on how like psychological stress oh yeah and your body, just like you know, your body can't tell the difference between psychological stress and physical stress. Like, stress is stress, and your body yeah. does not like it. <laughs> yeah, no. And so, does that like what got you into bodybuilding and like the fitness culture? Like, was to de-stress, or was it to like you know you just started working at peak and then it just rubbed off? Um. So I actually got into working out when I was in like a freshman in high school. Oh, um, so it's been for a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah I, that was. Roughly like 10 years ago. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the Marines, like you have to have some, you know, physical capacity. You would think. Like, yeah. Ideally, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, we did plenty of hikes, like, and it's no, it's no joke. But going back to what got me into it, I, I still remember the story. My dad still beats me up about it is he took me to LA Fitness um, back when I was like 14 or whatever. And my dad is 6'2", 240, just he's <laughs> a tank. No, he's a tank. Like he's big. I don't know what happened to me. I just got screwed, I guess. But, um, he was like trying to teach me to work out and stuff. And I remember doing like cable crunches and just like hating it. And like 
I think I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I, he says I cried um, because I was yeah. just like, it hurts, like all this stuff. And then like, I just pushed through that. And I guess I, I ended up getting into it just because like I saw my dad and I was like, I want to be big of him. Because I, I, as far Modeling. as I can remember, yeah. he was maxing out like the tricep extensions thing. Like, <laughs> dude was insane. And so I just kind of, I got into it that way. And then it really like, it's, it's addicting. It is like that de-stress, like, and you see like the growth just happens so quick, like, especially like the newbie gains, like yeah. as soon as your body starts adapting to that, it's like, oh my gosh, you see the progress and you just want to keep on getting better. And it is a, like a place of like meditation almost, at least, yeah. at least for me. No, for me too. Like, I, I think that if I don't do my cardio, my mind is not right. Like, and, and it's as much as people, you know, hate cardio, hate these things. Like I'm like, cardio is the one thing that keeps me sane. Yeah. And it's cardio is definitely, uh, it's not fun, but it is absolutely necessary. necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's something that I've definitely started to, um, implement a lot more into my training. Cause beforehand it was always just like lift and then got into the military. And then it's like, Hey, you're going for a run at 6 a.m. Yeah, there's lifting, and lifting is great. And if you have, you know, you can build some great aesthetics. But like the conditioning side of things is very, way more applicable to you know real life situations, like when you're out in the field and when you're you know dealing with those. Oh yeah, like I mean, I tell you, you go up for a 20 click hike with you know your full camis on, a main pack, your flak, and then I was a mortarman, and so like some piece of gun gear, whether that be like a 30 pound cannon or some bipods, or you got to like hold a base plate and for 20 clicks, it's like, you're going to be dying. Yeah. And how far is a click for the people? I know five (laughs) clicks is like 3.3 miles. So, and then the math yourself, (laughs) Yeah, somewhere around there. And that's not flat terrain for the most part. You're always changing elevation, which is insane. Like, yeah, you got 30 pounds of gear. You're going, uh, you know, at a steady pace for hours. Oh, oh yeah. And like not eating like water. It's like you don't want to drink because it's, you feel all full and stuff. So you got to kind of find that middle ground. And as you do it more, like your body gets conditioned and it is a little bit easier. But like still like as, as long as it gets easier, you still have to overcome that mental burden because it's like, it just seems like it's never going to end. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and guys, cardio doesn't have to be hell on earth. It's 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 not as bad as you know. If you get on top of your breathing, you know, work on your movement, go slow. A lot of people mm-hmm. go too fast out the gate. You know, cardio is good for you though. It, it's good to you know bring up your cardiovascular endurance. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I can't harp on enough like having that that balance because you can lift all the way in the gym, but then if you can't freaking like walk up a hill without getting out of breath yeah that's not going to do you any good yeah i mean life's still going to be harder yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly just make life a little bit easier on yourself get more efficient mm-hmm. yeah and so um talking a little bit about like you're you're working at peak nutrition um how does that affect you like i mean do you learn a lot about supplements like is that like i mean are you a big supplement guy yourself i know tristan he has a laundry list <laughs> yeah. um but. I mean, I've I've definitely increased the amount of supplements I've had since working there, but that's only because my knowledge has increased Increase as well. And you know what you feel like you can take and what's going to work for you? Absolutely. Tristan and I, we like to we have this little saying that we're our own best science experiment. 
And yeah. so um, I've really just kind of, you know, taken what I've liked and what's worked for me and then implemented that. And then some things, you know, maybe not so much. So I, I leave those out. But uh, my supplement routine as of now, I do just like my pre-workout, creatine, multivitamin, fish oil, like the basics. And then I have protein, glutamine, some collagen for my joints. Um, I want to say sometimes I do a GDA just because I eat so many carbs all the time. Yeah, but you're a bodybuilder, <laughs> so like you can handle it kind of because you put up volume. I see. He was in he was in the gym for like three hours before this, uh, <laughs> and he comes in on Tuesdays to get a little wellness day in. But he does spend hours in here, so he's allowed to put in a, a glucose disposal <laughs> agent and you know do that for him. And uh, big kudos to to Woody. My recovery, I I was hurting for a a good time. I was just training way too intense and like, you know, not taking proper rest and deload weeks. And then Woody was kind enough to, to bring me in here and kind of walk me through all the red light therapy, the cold plunge steam room. And I am feeling exponentially better because of him. So thank you, oh, Woody. Appreciate it. Love to hear it, man. Like, yeah, no, like the more we can get you in here, like the better, like, yeah, I love it. And, uh, so yeah, so you, you did take all these, but like, uh, we, we, we talk about supplements all the time and I know uh, you don't just you know go off the brands of the supplements in the store so uh, uh, talk to me a little bit about like some of the other supplements we take oh well you mentioned in the opening my positive outlook on life and that that really has not been the case until honestly very recently um, the Marine Corps definitely played a part in that kind of you know gathering that gratitude and the discipline um and purpose because while you're in there yeah. but then transitioning to getting out um there was still a lot of things um especially kind like of lingering yeah and ptsd yeah and figuring out the the getting back into the civilian side of uh things and so i actually did you, you come know, back with some ptsd did you come back with like you know on edge or were you kind of like no it was kind of like okay for you no i felt i honestly felt great i was just like i was excited to be home yeah. I was so like ready to be home and have like the freedom of not having like a formation and just like being around family, just having Start easy life, access to all that. Get a job, you yeah. do the thing, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, like the there was definitely some things lingering um, still about me, whether it was like things from back in college that I again and you know the the entitlement or self centeredness is like what I like to think because there was a lot of you know negativity that I I definitely had. Um, but the other supplements would be um, I like I microdose probably two times a week, three times a week maybe, um, and it's wow, it is it has shifted my perspective to something that I I can't even put into words. Like it's incredible. It, it allowed me to really identify a lot of things about myself that I really was unhappy with, and like you know maybe subconsciously I always knew that they were there. But I didn't want to deal with them because like, hey, they would give me anxiety or I'm just like, oh, like it's easier not to confront our problems. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, but as I as I microdosed and I like was kind of exposed to this new positive outlook on life and then even bringing those things to the forefront of my brain, I like just dealt with them and I confronted them. I said, hey, like you're being like you have this self-centered, you know, perspective or whatever, like. It's not helping you. It's, it's not, not serving you. you. Yeah. No, at all. And once I shifted to kind of serving other people, holy crap, like my whole life just changed. And you get 
you just get such a different fulfillment from helping other people. Once you just take that or you shift that whatever like centeredness off of yourself yeah. and you, you really try and help other people, your, your life just becomes so much better and you can see the way it impacts the people. And that's a feeling that you can't put into words to see people like come to a scan and peak after you've been working with them for, you know, four to eight weeks. And they, they have like a 3% change in body fat down and put on a bunch of muscle. Huge. Yeah. And it's like, you can see the reaction on their face and just the way they carry themselves. And it like, it gives me goosebumps right now. Like yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And so, um, let's just explain for the people, um, microdosing, um, when we're talking about microdosing, uh, microdosing is like taking a psychedelic, um, in this case we're using, um, just Brazilian cubensis mushrooms to be quite specific. Brazilian cubensis mushrooms. And so what we do here is he, he takes it and he doses it out to one tenth of a dose. So like, of like a, a sub psychoactive dose, right? So Correct. it's it's something that you don't necessarily feel. Um, increases your mood, increases uh, things, but it's not like you know a trip dose, right? Like Absolutely it's not, not it's not yeah. something like oh I take this mushroom and I'm you know <laughs> sitting on the couch and Have seeing visual, aliens, crazy and visuals. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like that, guys. And so so yes, it's a very small amount. Um, but um, so tell me a little bit about the effects of that you feel like when when you take something like that and like yeah. So, yeah, like you mentioned, Woody, it's very, very small dose. I want to say, like, it's, yeah, like one-tenth of a dose is pretty much spot on. Um, but one, you kind of, you just kind of feel this, like, euphoria. Um, and then you can also just, like, pick up on energies. Um, and I know that's, like, kind of like a common sounds, phenomenon yeah. um, with when you're dealing with psychedelics and it's more so on the, the macro dose side of things, but even it's not required to take an excessive dose to get the positive benefits out of these things. No. Um, you can just take such a little dose and you'll receive, just like they said, that euphoria, um, you know, colors pop a little bit more. Um, but again, like I just feel like I can, my brain and my clarity is just so much better. Um, and bringing those other emotions to the forefront of my mind, whether I didn't want to deal with them before just because it would give me anxiety or, you know, whatever excuse it is that I want to come up and with. And you would run from it or you'd fall into like your subconscious patterning of, hey, like, I, I don't want to deal with this right now. Let me go grab that bag of chips or let me go watch that Netflix show or put on a podcast or like, you know, kind of block out that thing I need to be doing mm -hmm. to, you know, serve myself actually, but that anxiety, right? But it helps you get through that. Absolutely. Um, I can, one of the, like the lasting impacts that I can remember is like when I had just gotten out and I was, I was microdosing one day and I was like, Facebook just got randomly pulled up on my computer and it, it was my grandpa's birthday. And I started, I, I was like, Oh cool. Like I'm going to FaceTime him and, and wish him a happy birthday. And he and I, like, I love my grandpa so freaking much. Like he's an incredible man. Um, but as he's gotten older, you know, Alzheimer's has really started to hit him hard. Yeah. Um, and his brain is just deteriorating. It's part of the part of life, unfortunately. Oh. And so he and I were, were FaceTiming and it was, it was pretty difficult to have a conversation with him just cause he was forgetting things. And, you know, it's just, his brain doesn't work like it used to. And as I'm sitting there and like kind of looking back on the past, you know, four years of my time in the Marine Corps and even in high school when I really wasn't the man that I wanted to be, 
I'm like looking at this man and talking to this man that I love so much. And like, I feel like I haven't like, I, I don't feel, I know I haven't been the best grandson to him. You could have been, you, you know, you oh. know, you wanted to prove to him like that you were this, like the man that you, you know, he wanted you to be. Yeah. And it's, I think, you know, it, it hit a little bit harder because of, I don't know how many interactions I'm going to have with him left. And so like, it was his birthday. We we started talking and like, he's telling me about going to all these doctors and like trying to get this, this Alzheimer's like under wrap and just like nothing's helping him. And like, first of all, I just told him about the, the importance of fish oil and how DHA yeah. could, could help his brain. Could really help. Yeah. Um, but he, he fought me on that. <laughs> he, he's a stubborn old guy, but I, I sit there and I was just like, dude, like I, I started crying. I got on the phone with him and he just was completely like taken aback. Like, why are you crying right now? Yeah. And I was like, I got to go to the gym. Like, I love you. Like, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I didn't say I'm sorry, but I, I ended up hung, hanging up. And then like, I kind of sat there and I was bawling. Like after I hung up with him, I started bawling just cause like I was sat there and you know, this is totally the microdose. And I'm just like, why haven't I been like a good grandson to him? Like, why have I been so self-centered over all these years? Like he's been nothing but a loving man in my life. And I just like really haven't reciprocated that. And so I called him back and I'm crying like super hard. (laughs) And I was like, Grandpa, I just want to say, like, I, I love you so much. And, like, I'm just really grateful for all that you've done for me. Like, because I recognize that I was not the best grandson to him. And I was like, I just want to say I appreciate you, like, always sticking by my side, even when I was a punk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, for real. And, you know, he, he started crying, like, really hard, too. And it's just like, he, he goes, I never, I never knew that you thought of me like that. Yeah. And... The fact and you're that, so glad you said that, man. Like, come on. For yeah, for yeah. for all these years, I've always looked at him like he's the, the man, and yeah. for him not to know that, and for me to just think that he knew it, like and just like assumed you exactly. assumed it. You know, you, you don't know what other people are thinking, and that's and I that's what we do all too much with a suicide. Every, yeah, it yeah. with everyone in our life, and oh, it's yeah, like constantly. I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if it's somebody you just met. Yeah. Like. You need to communicate with people and really tell them how you feel because life is is not grant like it is not what is it? Uh, I'm thinking of the word. What do you mean? Like it's <laughs> doesn't it's not, last it's just, forever. Yeah, it's not last forever. Like you don't you don't know when your last breath will you be. Have you have forty four hundred weeks, I think. Uh, yeah, four thousand four hundred weeks. That's how all life is. And it's like on this earth. You just, you really got to cherish every moment, especially like with the people that you choose to spend your time with. Like it could be somebody like you and I have only known each other for probably 10 (laughs) weeks now. Yeah. And I, I've had nothing but positive interactions. Like, and it just goes to show like you can hang around good people. You meet more good people. Like Tristan introduced me to, he's like, I remember we went to Tonto and, uh, he's like, dude, you met Woody, right? And I was like, I think so. And he's like, you would love Woody. And like, here we <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, like, right now we're doing a podcast. Like, yeah. yeah, look at that. Like, yeah, the way it comes together. But yeah, no, talking about like just that ego dissolving, um, taking this uh, psychedelic substance. That's a um, perfect way to put it. And so, that, yeah, uh, I and I'm not, that's not coming from me. I watched a documentary about it the other day. Um, you mentioned it earlier, uh, How to Change Your Mind yep. um, by 
uh, what's his name? Michael Pollan, I believe. Michael Pollan, yeah. So Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind. It's on Netflix. There's also a book. Um, it just talks about how to do how to do this, you know, properly um, with the microdosing and not necessarily. Uh, it is, you know, a strong and you know powerful substance that Absolutely. needs to be taken responsibility with because, and respected and respected because like. A lot of times you hear about psychedelics, you hear about like the 70s, you talk about like the guys that are doing <laughs> Woodstock. like Woodstock. Yeah, like Woodstock and like, you know, they're tripping acid and like, you know, watching like concerts and stuff. And like, that's great and all. And I'm not saying don't listen to music when you're doing it, but please listen to music. Um, but uh, it's, it needs to be respected and you need to like, you have a intention behind why you're taking this thing because uh, it's not just a party drug. It's not no. just like a, you know, this thing that people do to, uh, it's something that it's medicine, really. Like it it's the future is. of medicine, I think. Uh, and it's brought up now a lot in the media. Like Aaron Rodgers was just on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about his ayahuasca use mm -hmm. before his two MVPs. And so I think it's it's breaking in. Um, I, it's definitely not like prevalent out there. And uh, even if it is, um, it's not really talked about. And so I mean, uh, praise to you for bringing it up and being able to you know talk about your experiences because more people need to know about this kind of stuff. It can really help. I agree. And I think that's just like, that's the whole issue with modern medicine, right? Is we, not we, but these doctors and just, they, they try and fix the symptom rather than the underlying right, root of the problem. Yeah. Exactly. And, and if you don't change the lifestyle, then nothing's going to change. Yeah. And then you're just prescribing more, more drugs that are just going to cause you other side effects that you have to take more medicine for. And it's like, okay, now I'm just taking six different pills. Like rather yeah. than, hey, why don't I just fix my one issue that started the entire problem? <laughs> yeah, and it's not all the doctors' faults. So I know um, I have a few uh, clients that are doctors, and they they really try with a lot of patients. Um, you gotta really want to heal. Yep. And and a lot of people don't like they they, well, they, they don't want to give up their, their vices yeah. or their lifestyle um, to gain ten extra years on their life, and maybe that's because they don't see the negative impacts. Like it's all like incremental. But it's over time, right? And so oh, it compounds. The, it compounds quickly too if you guys don't take care of it. And so um, I think that uh, the older we get, the harder it is to change our patterns. Um, there's a really good book called uh, "The Biology of Belief" by Bruce Lipton. Hmm. Really good book about um, uh, quantum physics and like how the world works. And it's like he talks a lot about subconscious uh, programs that we run. So okay. like. So we're creatures of habit, right? We, we go through our rituals, our morning routines. We go to the same fast food places. We kind of like know what we like and we kind of start sticking to the things. We build these habits, right? Mm -hmm. And over, over the years, uh, you've kind of solidified these patterns. And so if, if you get anxiety, guess what? You go to your vice, your smoke weed, your Oreos, your whatever you yeah, want to call it, like alcohol, like all the above. Like, yeah, it, it, it's your vice. Whatever vice you have, you can have a bad representation with sugar, you can have it with caffeine, all of it. Um, but uh, psychedelics is that step back, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, uh, for people who feel like they can't get out of that pattern, it can dissolve that ego for you, and so you can take a step back and look and see, you know, what your programs are. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. It, like you were saying earlier, you saw you saw what kind of person you were being from a third person look. Like you're like, this is not the person I want to be. 
And I always think, I, I took this from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which is Great book. a phenomenal book. Definitely had a, a lot to do with my perspective and outlook or paradigm because he loves that word in that book. <laughs> yeah. um, I totally forgot what I was saying. But the, the think first or seek first to understand, then to be understood, like that's probably the best thing that you could do is just, hey, listen more to people. Yeah. Could, but unfortunately, we uh, we don't tend to like that. We like to hear ourselves talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, coming from a guy that put on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I mean, that's kind of the reason why I did the podcast is I'm not the smartest personal trainer. I'm not going to claim to be. I am not, you know, very. I'm, I haven't been in the industry long enough to say that. There's no way. There's a 0% chance. But I can bring on people that have and I can learn from them. And like, you know, you can learn from anybody. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I've had all walks of life on this podcast, every single one of them I've learned something valuable from by far. Like it's, it's, it's in the stories. Everyone has something to, to offer. Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah. So profound that I love having the podcast. I think that is also like where a lot of people go wrong is they think that they know everything like, and that peak they have, that's one of the core values is having humility and just like you doesn't matter what it is. You can take one thing that from somebody that you just met that you didn't know before. One thing. I guarantee you that they, they know one thing that you don't about something. And then, hey, it could be super impactful for you or it could do nothing for your life. But at least you have it now as a tool. Yeah. Because one day down the road, you might like think back and be like, oh, I remember that one thing that, that Woody told me about for breath work. And now you can implement it. And hey, it made a great change in my life. Yeah, definitely. And so last but not least, um, let's get into your bodybuilding. You're uh, an aspiring bodybuilder now. Yes. And so <laughs> what did uh, what made you take that on um, and why? And, and what drives you? That's a great question. Um, so, yeah, I always got – I was always into lifting ever since my dad really got me into it when I was back in high school. And then I, I didn't really take it too seriously. Like, yeah, like – I want to be functionally strong for lacrosse and like every young kid in high school wants muscles, right? But then it kind of just carried through into the Marine Corps and that's a huge part of like lifting in there. You have a bunch of buddies like meatheads, especially in the infantry where we just did a lot of lifting and, you know, working out. Um, it wasn't really until afterwards where I really developed the passion of just like self-growth and like just pushing myself to see what I was able to achieve. And so I've always, I've always really enjoyed the sport um even back in high school but it was just like i felt like i was kind of intimidated by it to be completely honest I mean, it's a hard sport to like <laughs> to, to join in you see all yeah. these bodies this aesthetics like these guys have muscles built like falling off of different parts of their body it's insane but then you start your journey and you see how quickly you can get some of these results and it's realistic it absolutely is and that's the biggest thing is like the biggest limiter that you have in life is going to be yourself. Yep. And if you tell yourself that you can do something, then you absolutely can do it. But if you're if you start out and you already have these doubts and you're doubting yourself, like then you're not you're never going to achieve that goal. Yeah. And so that just kind of goes back to surrounding yourself with positive people like yourself, like Tristan that are constantly pushing you and and holding you to the standard that you know that you should be held to. Yeah. But again, like we're human. We can't always wake up every single day and be ready to go to the gym and put in 100% effort or even, you know, go to work and go 
put in 100% effort. But then you have those people around you that keep you to that standard, and it's, it's incredible. That's like you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with the most. It can't so. be said enough. Like, oh, honestly, yeah. like uh, the, uh, the people you surround yourself with are who you are. Um, like their mannerisms rub off, like their lifestyles rub off. They're like, they're probably all in the same financial group. Like they, yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> everything starts to rub off. Like it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, and if you do want to get better at something, find people who are better than you at it, because guess what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're doing something right. Like, yeah. and, and so figure out what they're doing. That's right. Because, uh, and you can only learn from them and like, thank them for that. Cause like that, that could be the thing that changes your game. Absolutely. And even if you don't think that like they're stronger than you or better at you and that, like still try and pick their brain because going back to what we said, like there is a hundred percent one thing that you can take from them and that you should constantly just be trying to learn, constantly be trying to grow. And then like, Hey, maybe you can't use it, but like for you and I that who are working in the fitness industry, like maybe one of our clients would absolutely benefit from it. Oh my it. gosh, yeah, like uh, how many times have I used the same things from one client that I learned earlier in the you know month where she you know had something wrong with her ankle? Well, guess what, a month later the next client has the same problem and <laughs> guess what, you, you learn over time, it's just repetitions. Yeah, man, keep the people around you, it's, it, it's awesome. Um, so, um, any last thoughts you wanna bring onto the cast before we go? Uh, I mean, I know we talked about a lot and I, the podcast listeners have learned a ton. But um, any last thoughts? No, I, I mean, I just really encourage people to see the positivity in everything. Like whether you're getting pulled over because you're speeding, it's like, hey, like you kind of were speeding. Yeah, you were speeding. But think of it as a positive fact. Like one, you didn't hurt anybody. And now, you know, like you can just learn from it. So just try yeah. and just shift every perspective, whether as negative as you think it is, you can always learn something from Reframe. any situation. Reframe. Reframe. Yep. yep. In your life, like instead of harping on, oh, this this happened to me, I'm a victim or whatever, like, no, I just learned. Like yeah. I'm happy. I just learned from this. So if you can if you can do one thing, take one piece of information from this, it's like just try and, and shift every every outcome to be a positive. I love it. Well Thank you again, brother, for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure having you and sharing your experiences with the people because like a lot of this stuff needs to be said and like people need to hear about it. And so, yeah, I just thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me, Woody. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on The Price for Paradise. My name's Woody and aloha. <laughs> aloha.